When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another Credo Does DeFi with Real Vision. I am joined today by Luke Strayers, and he's a legend in the space. He's uh, one of the early founded, founding team of Deribit, and Deribit provide the fundamentals of what we're all needing in the crypto space when we're institutions, and that's the ability to kind of manage your risk through futures and options. So. Luke, welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you, and thanks for the invite. No, you're really welcome. I mean, you guys have been going a long time doing what you you're doing. What what kind of what was your journey into the crypto space? How did you kind of get into this crazy world? And um, for me, it actually started in um, by trading uh, on my own, so private um, private accounts. Uh, I was working in Singapore for the Singapore Exchange back then, um, and was uh, so I lived in Singapore and was considering moving back to Europe. Um, and at the same time, when leaving Singapore, entering the crypto space, and uh, I happened to be uh, lucky because uh, I was approached uh, for a role with Deribit, who um, uh, which was founded. Um, uh, a few years before, so I joined in 2019, but the company was actually founded in 2016. Um, the the actual growth um, was uh, limited in the beginning, so we were founded as a uh, options platform. Um, the founder John Jans is an options trader, a former options trader, a floor trader in uh, in Amsterdam. Um, but the focus of the market, because of volatility, because of risks, because of simply uh, it's a new product. Uh, no one cared in 2016, and uh, the spreads were too wide. It was too difficult to quote. Um, so back then we launched the Perpetual, uh, which was the crypto's flagship product. Um, and a lot of platforms were suffering outages, and and essentially whoever built a slightly better platform was able to grab some market share, which we did. Um, we were one of the earlier ones, and uh, by doing so uh, and showcasing some some technical stability, we got uh, a decent market share, decent volumes, and the income paved the way for uh, focusing on uh, options further. Um, and essentially, since 2019, approximately, open interest started growing. Uh, the price of BTC started growing as well. Um, but hand in hand, uh, there became more and more interest and ability to quote options. So uh, there were niche firms being started, uh, crypto native firms focusing on options market making. Uh, which didn't exist before. No one knew how to quote it. Uh, no one knew how to quote 24-7, so it's difficult. Quoting one product is one thing, uh, and being out of the market uh, while not quoting is fine if you can accept the risk. But if you have hundreds uh, or by now a thousand different products, all these different instruments, different series, different expiries, strikes, etc., it's uh, something else. You need to risk manage all the time and not only for a few hours during the day. So. 
the expertise gradually came. It was companies uh, that had expertise from, let's say, their legacy uh, companies. So it was uh, startups with uh, by staff from the big auction houses uh, like Optivrime, C, and those uh, those names that started focusing on options. And um, so the quality of the market became better. Press became tighter. And at the same time, institutional adoption uh, that everyone always talks about actually started happening. The question is, of course, what is an institution? Is it a top-tier uh, investment bank or is it a significant, sizable flow, but not uh, tier one yet? And that's that's what happened in 2019. So a lot of hedge funds, a lot of dedicated funds to digital assets, a lot of uh, new capital flowing into the market, which pushed the price up, but also pushed the focus on a more capital efficient approach. So instead of just buying spot, uh, instead of buying a million bucks worth of BTC, people uh, wanted to get a million bucks worth of exposure while not actually investing a million dollars. Uh, and of course, that's what uh, Options of Futures uh, provides. So people from the traditional finance space uh, started focusing on crypto and they prefer to trade what they know. And that's Options of Futures. So the perpetual is the flagship product for uh, derivatives trading, but it's not actually the flagship product for people with that background. Uh, the perpetual never settles, which is difficult to understand. Uh, it never expires. And there's a funding angle, which makes it slightly more difficult to predict. So the funding, a future you know at, at a certain moment in time, the future will expire and that will be my price. Uh, but over time, while getting towards the expiry moment or the moment that you would like to sell the perpetual because it's a hedge of your open position, you will be impacted by funding payments, which is unpredictable and makes it a more tricky long-term product. So a lot of traditional finance people back then and still uh, entering the space uh, came to us because um, we provide what they know. Um, and that's that's essentially how it's, uh, the success started. We, uh, we became better. Uh, we, we always said we want to focus on options. So it came at a price. Um, we have an options and futures and perpetuals niche. So that's our core uh, product range, which came at the expense of, of let's say, uh, more efficient fiat onboarding. We don't have efficient, uh, or we don't have a spot market. So we don't have a few things that would complete a full um, crypto offering, but we are more niche and more advanced in that particular segment. And that's what we always try or strive to be and, and will continue to, to focus on because that's where we think our value add lies. We can't be best in everything. There's a lot of competition in, in, in the full range of products, but we can be the best in a subset, which is um, what we focus on. Yeah, by now, so when when Bitcoin reached $60,000 or 65, the open interest reached $21 billion, which is an incredible amount wow. of uh, notional exposure. Yeah, and that's now- yeah, so now we are um, down to one third. However, the open interest is uh, is still around ten billion. So we've uh, reduced uh, by fifty percent the notion of open interest, while uh, the price has reduced um, by sixty-seven percent. So relatively, we have grown, and we still keep on growing. So if you look at contracts, so you can look at open interest two ways: one is dollars, and the other one is contracts. Um, and if you look at contracts, we we keep on growing. So. Even though nowadays, uh, and I'm not sure when this will be aired, but in 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 June, July, uh, 2022, uh, there's there's been a lot of uh, fear and, and and problems. Even in this 
uh, this state, while uh, the, let's say the three arrows carnage uh, is still fresh, um, the open interest keeps growing. So people are not, or at least from their orbit side, not leaving the market, not leaving or closing down positions. Uh, they keep on expanding them. Or perhaps hedging for future downwards scenarios. That's possible too, of course. But it doesn't reduce the open interest, which is perhaps contrary to um, a lot of people's expectations. If you read that the market is in, in turmoil or whatever, people are uh, backing down, it doesn't uh, it doesn't say something about the full market. If you look at derivatives suitable for hedging, also for, for, for downward protection, um, we still grow. So it's and, and of course, there's more put open interest. So you see those numbers changing, um, but it's still in the overall number of contracts we we keep on growing, which is uh, yeah rather uh, remarkable. Yeah, it's a different space, isn't it, within crypto compared to traditional markets. I mean, I remember kind of back in my days within the bank, the the challenge of the transparency that we were trying to like reach with regards to reporting on positions was so difficult because we had so many contracts that were written historically 30 years ago based on ISDA contracts. And, you know, there were payment structures that were set up that people could assume that there were payments and contracts in place, but nobody could find the actual paperwork. And I'm guessing that in your space, that's all completely different. And you've got 100% of all kind of open positions and contracts kind of documented and, you know, you could be transparent at a moment's notice if you needed to be. We're real-time transparent. So, and and we, we publish our numbers real-time as well. So we have a bunch of websites and statistics and uh, everything that's made available real-time, uh, but it's also available via API uh, communication. So whatever system you, you prefer uh, has the ability to source real-time information 24-7, which is rather unique. There's no batch jobs, no overnight process. I recall from, from Singapore and, and uh, my previous employers that at whatever, 7 p.m., a certain job would start running and at 8 p.m., something else using that. And, and I looked after products back then. So I looked after uh, products that were issued, like uh, warrants, leverage products, ETFs, that kind of stuff. And they all rely on end-of-day prices and end-of-day whatever baskets, files, and, and those basket files have to be disseminated via the exchange to some, some third-party system to whatever. It's all linked. It was terrible because if one of those components failed, uh, the market would not have the, 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 the file and then the market maker would not be able to do whatever. So it's all linked. And for us, it's totally different. And not only for us, in the entire crypto space, everything is real-time. When... People ask us, and especially with a traditional finance background, when they would receive the overnight files and their trade reports. And, and yeah, we, there's no overnight files. There's no trade reports. It's, everything is real time. You can receive your real time trade reports, and you can subscribe to notifications to the transaction log. Everything is available real time, but not. There's no end of day. And we happen to settle at 8 a.m. UTC, but that's purely because we have options that need to expire at some moment. So. It's not from a technical uh, reason. There's no need for those products to have some kind of uh, time, except that you need to calculate the P&L versus some point in time, of course. Uh, but that's that's about it. But besides that, it keeps on going, and that's that's contrary to what people uh, are used to. They, they they expect all these reports and monthly stuff. And yes, we have monthly reports, but actually, it, it doesn't really make sense because the month. It's just uh, a snapshot of some, some period, but for us, it, it goes on and on. 
Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.